0: You're listening to The Photo Op Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to The Photo Op Podcast. Today, we are talking with Erica Comitalo of The Right Lens. So welcome, Erica. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be on. Thank you for being here. And for anyone who's listening right now, when I say the right lens, it's W-R-I-T-E. So I'm sure you can guess what Erica does. (laughs) Tell us about you. How did you get started in copywriting?
1: Yeah. So I am a copy and content writer who works exclusively with photographers, the only people that I've written for for the past three and a half years. Before that, I was a communications director and a magazine editor And I didn't love it. (laughs) So about mm, like five months before I was planning to get married and we were going to move, I decided to leave that job and I wanted to do freelance writing. But a friend of mine, one of my best friends, Heather, who's a photographer, said, Hey, BTW, did you know that photographers hate blogging? So it kind of started with outsourcing blogs and writing like one-off blogs for people. And it grew out and out and out. Until now, it's like the strategic signature collection that I do today, where I go through your entire website and basically escort a first-time visitor to your site from that initial visit, when Google drops them off at your front door, all the way through to booking.
0: Oh my gosh. So what... I have so many questions here. What drew you specifically to writing for photographers? Why is this your only client base?
1: Yeah. I mean, a million different reasons, starting with first and foremost, my best friend who mentioned it, but also there's something to be said for the fact that photography has kind of been a way for a lot of women to either start as a side hustle or moms or college students or just people who are artistic and looking for an outlet to kind of find a voice and start a business. And Kind of create lives for themselves that they really, really love. And I love working with them one on one to kind of take all the stuff that they have going on and turn it into something that really sounds like them, sounds unique, is powerful. It's a way to help them present themselves as professionals online and really stand out in their fields and create these unique brand voices. And even though it's kind of a really saturated market, everyone has this unique style, this unique experience to offer. And I love working one-on-one with photographers to figure out all their points of uniqueness and help showcase those to attract their ideal clients that they just love to work with.
0: I love that. Are there specific types of photographers that you're working with or is it anyone who comes to your door?
1: So it's all different kinds of photographers. I've done weddings, family, newborn, portrait, senior branding. I've worked with some real estate photographers, worked with a photographer who does like high-end hotels and they create these like virtual walkthroughs. If it's photography related and videography related, I definitely do it. So it's been a lot of fun learning all the ins and outs of all the different kinds of photography that exists in the world and how people have created these like new and unique niches for themselves to kind of use their talents in the way that they love.
0: And do you take photos yourself or do you just do writing for photographers?
1: So I studied journalism in college and I also did some photojournalism too. So, I mean, I got, I remember I got my first digital camera when I was in middle school and this was like in like, the early 2000s. So this was still a new and exciting thing before we had phones in our cameras. So I always used to do all these photo shoots with my best friends. And then I loved it. Did it all the time, studied photojournalism in college, but then I found that I loved writing more. But because I understood photography and the language behind it, like how to shoot manual, like all the ins and outs, all the lingo, it became really easy for me to like organically slip into working with photographers because they didn't have to explain all these things to me. I already knew it. So it just made it quick and easy.
0: And now taking that plunge from having a full-time job into this, you know, freelance business that you're doing all on your own. You know, I'm sure a lot of photographers can relate to taking that plunge, but I'm curious just from a marketing perspective, how are photographers hearing about you? How do they find you? Yeah, so
1: early on I how a lot of photographers get started early on. It was word of mouth, friends of friends kind of grew out from there. And then I was lucky to get involved in some really great and supportive Facebook groups. But I realized pretty early on that photographers spend a lot of time on Instagram. So it was really just finding creative ways to present myself on Instagram, even though I don't, Take pictures. And so finding ways to showcase words on the gram was pretty tough at first, but I partnered with a really awesome brand designer, Breezy Camper, and she helped me to create these like really cool branded designs. So at least I've got some pretty stuff going on on my Instagram, and it's definitely been a learning curve. I'm an expert by no means, Um, (laughs) but it's fun. And it's nice to like meet photographers where they already are and kind of see how they market themselves and see some of the best work that they have to offer and connect with them on their home turf.
0: Now, when I first found you, I literally Googled, you know, copywriting for photographers just to see what popped up because I wasn't sure if there was going to be a specialist. Turns out there are specialists in this. So, I mean, you, you've clearly got the SEO thing going, but what kind of copywriting services do you provide for photographers? And do you help them kind of achieve this level of SEO that you've gained for yourself?
1: It is always so exciting to hear that it's working and seriously hearing when people find me on Google is so stinking exciting, but that is something that I do help photographers with and something that I tell my first-time clients is that there are all kinds of different copywriters and people specialize in different markets um, and they do different things. So a lot of the ones that you'll see are like sales copywriters and they help write those really long like sales sequences and help you kind of like close the deal on launches and there are launch copywriters and all these things and there are SEO copywriters. And while obviously I want my photographers to get found on google and i want them to book clients my focus is on personality so i use keywords strategically as any copywriter needs to while placing the majority of the focus on personality so it's all about being organic and i work with photographers who want their personalities to shine first and foremost and to be known for the personality that they bring to a session because photographers Even though they're selling products, they're selling photos, what they're really selling is the experience of working with them. They're selling time spent with that photographer. So it's getting to know that photographer and learning what makes their client experience so special and unique, finding ways to describe it in a way that isn't so standard, figuring out those keywords and filling their websites with that super, super awesome personality that they already have.
0: That's fair. I mean, a lot of creative people, you know, they've got the personality, they've got the work, but they don't know how to put it in words because that's not their trade. So I can completely see the benefit in someone like you. So what kind of services are you providing for photographers?
1: Is it just web copy or tell us more? Yeah. So I tell photographers that I will do any written content that does not have to do with social media because algorithms are a unique beast. I don't want to mess up yours. I don't even understand mine. I just do the best I can. But yes, I do all web copy. I do email templates. I do blog posts. I do client guides, welcome guides. I've done thank you cards. I've done welcome cards. I've done anything that's written content that doesn't have to do with social media but my main focus is on websites and then going into email sequences.
0: Okay, so we've talked a lot on this podcast about, you know, copywriting for photographers and blogging and why that's important and you know, I think most of us at this point who have been listening are kind of getting the gist that like yes, we need to keyword, yes, we need all that important stuff, but we're not really talking about the copy and the client journey itself because Copy is one of the most important and often overlooked parts of the customer journey. So, I mean, I've come across so many photography websites that are just photos. There is no copy anywhere. It's just photos and like, hello, this is my name. My passion has been in cameras and photography since I was seven years old. And like, that's it. And you see the same Mm -hmm. thing over and over. So let's talk about the process of escorting a client from first-time web visitor
1: through to the
0: booking process, just using your copy?
1: Yes. So the way that I like to explain it is that a person coming to your website for the first time is like them coming to your front door. So how do you want to meet them? Do you want to greet them at the door with a big hug? Do you want to hand them a pre-poured margarita ready to go? Do you want to like wrap them up in a big cozy blanket and assure them that it's going to be a okay? Or do you want to sit in your upstairs room, click a button, and let the door awkwardly swing open while you yell down, <laughs> "Hey, hope you're good." Like, oh my god, how we meet them at the door is so important, and I feel like a lot of. A lot of times it can be really easy to treat your website like an art gallery and to just be like, well, okay, if you stumble through, like, you know, shout if you need something. <laughs> but it should feel a lot more like welcoming someone into your home because this isn't this isn't an art gallery. This is a service. And so you want to escort clients through, meeting them at the door, saying, "I'm so happy to meet you." I understand you already. And that's what the process of of identifying an ideal client and a brand voice is all about. Because you want to make sure that you understand who you're talking to. And then cater your brand voice, which, as I remind all my photographers, is just a distillation of your natural personality. Because ain't no one got time for faking a brand voice in the year of our Lord 2021. (laughs) (laughs) It's exhausting. Not doing it. No, no. And so that's what that process of ideal... Client and brand voice is about is so that you can meet a person at the door, showing that you already understand them and how you're going to solve a problem that they have. So, the homepage is all about welcoming them into your space and kind of showcasing what they're going to find here. And then you sort of send them along to the About Me page, which is where you share a little bit more about yourself, but always in relation to how that's going to help you help them. So kind of showing how you got your start, why your style is the way it is, why the experience that you offer is the way it is, what your values are. All these things that kind of showcase how you do what you do and then you toss in fun stuff. Like when I'm not working, you can spot me rock climbing with my husband or taking back roads, road trips just to see where we go. I don't know. Like whatever it may be, but it's showcasing who you are as a person. And something that I love to encourage photographers to do is to pepper little things throughout that will delight your ideal client. So for a photographer I just wrote for, a line that we included was um, with a wild cherry Pepsi in one hand and a camera in the other, let's make some memories. Like just little things like that, where it's like, oh, that's like homie. That's, that like feels like something my friend would like do. So it's those kind of things that just attract your ideal client that make you feel unique And then once they know who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and where you do it, then you send them along to those experience and investment pages, which are just about showcasing value, showing how you do what you do, how it's different, how it's unique, so that when clients see the price, which I maintain you should share your prices, it should be used as a hurdle to jump for your ideal client. And I've talked to a bunch of people, and there are a lot of people who don't inquire if photographers don't share their prices because they find it intimidating. So I, you know, people have different ideas. I say at least share your starting price or an average investment. And that's where once they see those prices, they're going to understand the value that you have because you've explained it. Then you send them along to that contact page, which is that final push, that final encouragement to inquire. And then you respond to them with a super awesome personality-packed inquiry response email that totally seals the deal because that's the first time you're interacting with them one-on-one. And there they can see, oh, this really is the person that I saw on her website. I want to hang out with this person. And then they book that consult call. And then you do your thing. Once you get on that call, you do your thing. You seal that deal. It's a confirmation call because they're already obsessed with you. (laughs)
0: I have so many follow-ups. I have just been like <laughs> scribbling notes. I want to rewind a little bit, take uh-huh. us back. You mentioned your ideal client and uh-huh. I know that on this show we have talked about the ideal client and the concept of it uh-huh. and if they even exist. So uh-huh. I want to know in your opinion what an ideal client, you know, looks like for a photographer, like how uh-huh. are how are they assessing who their ideal client is?
1: So I actually have this little avatar, client avatar builder that I go through all my clients with during our first week. I always start projects with a branding week where we talk about ideal client and brand voice. And the kinds of things that we cover are in three sections. First, demographics, because you're going to talk to an 18-year-old very differently from the way you're going to talk to a 35-year-old. It's important that if I'm writing your content that I know what I'm doing. (laughs) So you're going to just speak to them very differently. So kind of identifying the age, the location, the occupation often comes into it just because you kind of have like more analytical people, more creative people, and you can kind of identify that with occupation is just a shorthand for it. And then we talk about hobbies and interests, like what music do they blast in the car? What shows do they watch with their honey? Um, How do they relax after a hard day? Do they work out? If they do, do they put on old shorts and run around the block? Or do they pull on their fancy Lululemon leggings and hit a spin class? (laughs) You can just tell so much about, especially what a photographer wants to attract by how they explain these different things. And we talk about what brands they love, things like that. But then the last piece of the puzzle is talking about how your ideal client makes decisions and what are their values? What are their stressors? What do they believe about photography before they ever show up on your website? And what do they want to see through a photography experience. Do they want that super BFF-y, like, hands-on, always checking in approach? Or do they want something super, like, luxury and elegant and like, ooh, like, I'll just send you, like, short communications because I know you're super busy. Or, like, it can be a whole host of things. But it's important to understand, like, what you want someone to be looking for when they come to you because it shows how you understand your experience and kind of expressing what it is you do really well. So I think there's definitely an ideal client. I don't think photographers, and even though it might feel tempting to just kind of take anyone who will hire you, I don't think that will really make you happy because you do have to spend time with these people. Some people have personalities that are For you and some aren't. And that is okay. You're for some people and you're not for some people. You don't have to be liked by everyone. There's a quote that I love. You're not a dollar bill to be liked by everyone. And I firmly believe that. I think you should feel free to be yourself fully and attract the people who you want to work with. You said something interesting back there that kind of made
0: me start to think about, you know, as a photographer, my own ideal client and who I'm really speaking to. And it got me thinking about my own, you know, ideal client as a wedding photographer, because I feel like we're attracting people who are similar to us as a couple. Like mm-hmm. we we run it as a husband and wife team. But not exactly a personality mirror, not necessarily a personality match. However, they're a perfect personality match to my website copy and to my email personality. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Like, I feel like it totally does. I feel like a lot of my clients, you know, I would hang out with a few times, but like, I don't think we're best friends, if that makes sense. Do you think there's an importance of personality mirroring with your ideal client through your copy?
1: Well, I think that there's kind of a misconception that you have to promise best friendship with your clients. And that's not That's not real. I'm sorry. Like You're not going to be best friends with every person you ever work with. Like There are some people that you are going to be lifelong friends with, and that's awesome. You're going to be their go-to photographer from now until you hang up the camera strap. And that's been true with some of the people that I've worked with. Some of them I talk to all the time. And some... I haven't talked to in a while, but that's that's natural. That's normal. You shouldn't feel like you have to break down every boundary you hold for your sanity in order to be a successful photographer. And I think that there could be a difference between how you would present yourself with your best friends and how you present yourself as a business owner. I don't think there's anything wrong with catering your tone to the person you're talking to, just like you wouldn't talk to your grandma the same way that you'd talk to your childhood best friend. That would be super weird. <laughs> um, and that's fine. But it's more important that it feels comfy and authentic to you. so that, like, for example, like when I ask about brands, right? So if someone tells me that they want their bride to wear Jimmy Choose for their wedding, right? So we might incorporate something that says, like, hey, bride to be, kick off your Jimmy Chews and let's talk photography. We'd like say that as like an opener for their website. So then, if someone comes to the site and has a closet full of Jimmy 2s they're going to be like, "Hmm, she gets me. This is the photographer for me." If someone's like, "Well, I don't own Jimmy Chews, but I do have some designer shoes," I get, I get this idea. But if, like me, you have like well-worn knockoff Birkenstocks, you're going to be like, oh, (laughs) okay. So maybe this isn't my photographer. So it doesn't have to be so hyper-specific. And maybe the person that you want to work with isn't someone that you'd be best friends with. Maybe you're just drawn to a particular style and you're like, I think it's fun to shoot luxury weddings. I'm not particularly a luxury person myself but I think it's beautiful. And that's what I want to photograph. And so my job as your copywriter is to find what already exists in your personality that would attract that client, even if maybe all of you isn't a person who would have that kind of wedding. Does that make sense? It does. All right. So taking
0: it back to everything that you said about the customer journey before, I also want to talk about The fact that you said investment page, because I also use the term investment in my wedding photography business. I know not all photographers do. Some people find it cheesy. Some people just don't love it. Can you talk about why we would use language like investment over pricing or, you know, rates?
1: I think that when it comes to what you call your prices, you can call them whatever you want. And that's awesome. However, if you want to call your service and investment. I do not care what that service is. You then have the responsibility of presenting that it is in fact an investment. Because something that I've gotten into over the lockdown of 2020 is watching makeup YouTubers. This is not a thing that I would normally do. I don't (laughs) really even wear makeup that much, but I've just for some reason found this to be fun. But what I've noticed, a lot of them talk about investing in high-end makeup. Makeup is not a thing that you invest in. You use it and then you wash it down the drain. That's, no, uh-uh. That's not an investment. However, something that you hang on your wall and it becomes a family heirloom that decorates the homes of the next three generations of your family, that's an investment that's something that is going to bring lifelong joy that's going to tell your story long after you're gone. The albums that are made, the Christmas ornaments that are made, the the just the general happiness and storytelling quality of the images that photographers provide is an investment. So my goal is to make sure that the language used on websites is specific and intentional. So if you don't feel comfortable using the word investment because that seems very fancy schmancy or like something that like Ooh, I don't want to quite put that on myself, that's fine. However, if you want to use investment, just make sure that you're spending the time in your copy to illustrate how what you're offering has this like staying power and has value far beyond the end of the service rendered. And you also said something about
0: sharing your pricing. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that prices are a closely guarded secret for photographers, so mm-hmm. let's talk about why being open is important.
1: Yes. So, here's the thing. Early on in your photography journey, And late in your photography journey, maybe it doesn't matter whether or not you share your prices because you're going to, at the beginning, have plenty of time to respond to all of your inquiries because you're a new business owner and you're still getting your name out there. And maybe you're willing to like fudge your prices a little bit. You know, ooh, this is an exciting client. I'm willing to bring it down a bit to work with them if I have to. And later in your journey, your name is so well known, it's already assumed that you charge luxury prices. However, in the middle, Those prices could range so greatly that you do not have the time to respond to every inquiry that comes your way. You have to build in some hurdles for clients to jump. You just don't have the time. You can't hop onto a consultation call with everyone who thinks your photos are pretty because the reality is your photos are freaking gorgeous and everyone's (laughs) going to work with you, but you have to express to them, here is my pricing. If you want to work with me, It's you're going to have to make it work. I also think that for solopreneurs, it can be really, really hard to stand firm behind your pricing. And this is something that I actually had to work with a business coach to do myself because it's hard. Like you want, it becomes very difficult when you really want to work with someone to stand firm behind your prices. But it's not fair to people who are paying your full price to. Reduce your price just because you felt bad for talking to one person, just because another, just because a client didn't make you feel bad, you didn't reduce your prices and now they're charging more. Like, that's not fair. So, what I have found is that sharing your prices on your website not only helps you refine those inquiries to make sure that they're vetted and that they're more likely to be your ideal clients, but also it takes the pressure off you to feel that guilt of reducing your prices once you're on a call because they number 1 they've seen your prices because you showed them on your website. You don't have to feel guilt about sharing your prices. They saw them. Or two, they didn't read your website and they're not an ideal client because you don't want to work <laughs> with someone who isn't who doesn't care enough to read what you're putting out in the world. That's not that's not something you're going to want to deal with because they're going to show up on shoot day dressed in five different patterns, even though you said, please pick one pattern and solids all the rest, they're not going to read it. So that's another good way to kind of vet who you're going to be working with. And I know it's scary. I know it's hard. You feel like you're going to be losing clients. I promise you, you're not. I promise you. I promise you. You're (laughs) merely going to attract people who respect your work and your time and your energy enough to work with you Anyway, they're going to be so excited and you're going to attract those people who are scared to inquire if they don't see a price. Because like I mentioned, those people who have been in the business longer might not need to share their prices because it's assumed the price is going to be high. That might be the assumption people have looking at your site. It's not that like, oh, I'm going to inquire anyway because then on the phone, she'll talk me into it. It's, oh, if she's not... Think about... um. Think about a fancy restaurant when they don't share their prices on the menu. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that things are going to be $5. It means that this is going to be super expensive. And unless you're willing to not ask the price, you shouldn't shop there. So that might be (laughs) the vibe you're putting off to people. So you might actually be scaring away your ideal client because they assume you charge way more than you do. So I just believe that in web copy, transparency is the best way to go. You're not going to trick people into working with you. Trust people to make their own decisions. Make your copy so incredible that they see the value that you bring so you don't have to feel slimy tricking them into working with you or bargain shopping or like bargaining with them to bring your price to what they can afford. No, 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 no. No, your work has value. You should receive exactly the value that you're worth.
0: I loved every single word that you just Mm. said. I only recently added pricing to my website. And it's scary. It's scary. I totally understand. <laughs> it's so good though, because people can truly see a range and I am already seeing a drop off in those inquiries that are like, I'm getting married. Can I have a wedding photographer for $200? No. Like I, yeah, it's, no. it's good to have transparency for anyone who is listening and considering doing this. I recommend it. Even if you're just starting off. Just and
1: you don't have to job. share more than you're comfortable with. If you just want to share a starting price, share a starting price. If you want to share an average spend, share that. You don't have to display every collection you've ever created on your website. That's kind <laughs> of overwhelming anyway. So keep it simple, but keep it honest too. So let's talk about the contact page
0: mm-hmm. because Personally, what I do is actually just leave a contact form on most of my major website page on top of having a contact page, just because I know a lot of people do come to a website, don't always read the copy, don't always go through every page. Let's talk about the contact page. Why is this important to have?
1: Mm -hmm. So this page you can keep fairly simple. Because again, if they haven't taken the time to read the rest of your site, they're not a good fit anyway. Um, (laughs) Or don't feel like you need to restate everything you've ever said, but there are a few things that you should really, really make sure you mention. First, re-share your honor that they would consider working with you because what they're doing is they're considering entrusting some of the most beautiful memories of their life into your care and express that you understand the gravity of that and that you uh, plan to show the dedication and care that that deserves. So just maybe one sentence expressing that. Secondly, tell them what your business hours are and how quickly you'll get back to them so that then you don't have someone who's emailing you 15 times Saying, like, where are you? Where are you? I emailed you. I messaged you, messaging you on Instagram, like all this stuff, like bugging you. <laughs> if you say, these are my hours, and I will message you back within 24 hours of receiving your message. Then, great, you've told them that. And if they start bugging you, then again, they're not an ideal client because they didn't read your message. Uh, third thing that you should definitely say, too, though, is what to do if you don't get back to them within that time. Because technology being what it is, Sometimes junk mail takes over and it's super frustrating, but sometimes our inquiries go to junk and we need to have something in place if that should happen. So saying that if I don't get back to you within this time, here's what you should do. Junk mail can be a jerk face. Just making sure that they know that you're not ghosting them. Sometimes technology goops you over. So expressing that. And then my final thing, and this comes from my background as a freelance writer. I actually wrote for a wedding website for a couple of years. And there were so many projects that I needed to interview photographers and we would feature their businesses. It was great promo for them. But what I needed from them did not fit into a wedding contact form. And it was annoying and frustrating to try to fill it out. So if a photographer did not list an email address, I skipped them. Even if they were one of the most incredible photographers, I just skipped them. I didn't have the time to go digging for an email. I didn't have time to go find them on another outlet. No, no, no. So I always recommend, even if you're not yet at this place, go ahead and start now. List above the contact form at the bottom of your text say, if you're a fellow creative or a podcaster or someone who's interested in collaborating, skip the contact form and shoot me an email at this address. Give them another way to contact you if what they need doesn't fit in your form. And then if one out of every 50 inquiries comes in through an email as opposed to the contact form, it's not that big a deal. But this way, you have a way for people who are contacting you for things outside of your client base to get in touch with you.
0: Love this. Love this so much. Because... In former lives, in former jobs, I have also skipped over people where I could
1: not find an email address
0: and the contact form was irrelevant.
1: And it's so so heartbreaking because you're looking for their contact info because you think they're awesome and you want to talk to them. But if I can't find a way to talk to you, at some point, cost outweighs the benefit and I got to move on. Mm Mm-hmm. So kind of starting to wrap
0: things up but not quite yet in certain markets, you know, like New York, for example, it can be super hard to stand out when you're trying to carry that customer from scrolling the site Mm -hmm. all the way to your inbox. Can we talk about any tips you have
1: for differentiating yourself using your web copy? Yes. So my first tip on differentiating yourself, please stop saying light and airy, dark and moody or raw and real. I've heard it a billion times. I know that <laughs> it like it means the world to some of you guys. Please stop saying it. If you want to say it once somewhere in a tagline, so if someone's googling for light and airy photography, cool, fine, do that. But in the text of your site. Please be more specific because those things have started to become kind of a meme. Like people are kind of joking on it now because it's been around so much. It people have started using it where it doesn't apply. It's starting to happen with the word authentic too. Something I've seen is people want to describe their photography as authentic. And then their entire homepage is posed photos. And I'm just like, guys, come on, please. So One of the best ways you can stand out is to take the time to find keywords for your business or your style that are new and different and that are specific and honest. When you say light and airy, do you mean elegant? Do you mean sophisticated? Do you mean breathtaking? Do you mean vibrant? Like, what do you mean? Look at your photos and describe them. Pull out your journal and start describing your photos. What do you see? What do you see in movement? In facial expressions and emotion and color and light. Describe what you're seeing. And something that I do on my website, I have a better word series. So if you need help finding better words to describe your style, go check it out. Find more specific words. Step one. Step two is refining that ideal client because everyone does not want to work with the same people that you want to work with. That's the honest truth. I can't tell you how many times people have told me that their non-ideal client is a type A personality. And then I talked to someone, a photographer I wrote for two months ago, said her ideal client was a type A personality. And I was like, ding, 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 that's it. That's unique. That is something that people don't often say. Lean into it. Let's talk about that. Let's describe that more. So think about your what about your ideal client might be a non-ideal trait for someone else and crank it up to a million. Because if people feel like they're not wanted in other spaces and they see that they're wanted in yours, they're going to be a diehard fan. My third and final tip for standing out is to freaking be yourself. Please. I'm so tired of seeing people try to mimic the brand voices that other influencers have used or to try to copy some like weirdo fakeo brand voice that someone else made up. Don't do it. Please don't do it. If you need help refining How you present yourself, great. Work with a copywriter. But please don't pretend to be something that you're not. You're going to burn yourself out. I promise you that is the quickest way to burn out. You can't keep it going. It's not fun. You're going to be working with people you don't really like. And it's just going to feel so... It's not going to feel fulfilling because you're going to feel like you're lying to yourself at some point. So if you really want to stand out, be authentically you in whatever like weird combination of opposites that happens to be. People don't fit inside boxes. They're not one thing. And just let yourself be you. Present everything that you are and I promise that will stand out. Share what that brings to your experience of working with you. Share what makes your experience special and different or your art special and different because of who you are and the past that you've lived and the experiences that you bring to every session. And I promise you people are going to connect with it and they're going to love it.
0: I would also love to add a separate note in regards to, you know, people not finding unique words to their, for their website. If you don't know how to describe your work, reach out to people you've shot and ask them to describe your Mm -hmm. work. This was like a huge eye opener for me. I did this for some of our wedding photography clients and I would have never described us as like candid or, you know, um, documentary or anything like that. But clients have come back to us and they're like, we love your candid photos. And I'm like, well, shoot, I guess I should start writing about that. Because although they don't feel candid to me as a photographer, since we're prompting them Mm -hmm. a lot, they come off in that way to the people who are being photographed and the people who are seeing the photographs. So that's just one example of just ask people you've photographed already to describe your work.
1: And I'd also say then take those descriptions that you're getting and share specific examples because if sh- if you think that you're prompting and they see candids, think about what you did to inspire a candid moment that they still that they don't remember you posing them. They remember sincere interaction. So whatever you did to bring that out in them is huge. And so kind of even sharing a little mini story somewhere in your experience page or your investment page, your about page, home page, whatever it may be, sharing that little snippet is something that's so unique and no one else has because no one else has lived your life. So by being specific, you're gonna stand out. Love that. Do you have any final words of advice for our listeners? Um, let's see, final words of advice. My first, my first final piece of advice is if you feel overwhelmed, ask for help. It can be really, really easy in the solopreneur world to just burn out or to feel very anxious, uh, very stressed. Don't keep that on yourself. If you need to ask for help from other photographers to ask how they do it or outsource or talk to a business coach, talk to an accountant, whatever you need to do, get people on your team to help you succeed because you started this to shoot photos and that's what you should be doing. And secondly, again, I just want to reemphasize, you are all awesome people with awesome stories to tell and you're very talented. So please celebrate your work and celebrate your personality because it's worth celebrating. Stop trying to be something you're not or copying people that do things differently. Do it how you want to do it and be yourself because that's worth doing. Thank you so much. There has been
0: so much good advice in this podcast. I'm going to listen to this a million times. You're so
1: welcome. (laughs) But where can our listeners find you for copywriting or for inspiration? Yes. So I am on Instagram at The Right Lens, spelled W-R-I-T-E. The Right Lens. Find me there. Uh, My website is also The Right Lens. Or just shoot me an email if you want to say, hey, I'd love to hear from you at erica, E-R-I-C-A, at RightLens.com.
0: You can also check the show notes for Erica's SEO tagline builder, which is a super helpful way to get started building on your website SEO. So Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. This This was was so
1: fun.
0: Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also, head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookleman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.